Hey everyone, you are listening to the brand new Artist Chronicles podcast from the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM, and this is episode three. Each week, we will highlight an artist. It could be a visual artist, a dancer, actor or actress, or singer, but we're not going to tell you their name. Throughout the podcast, it is your job to listen and try to figure out who we are talking about. I'm your host, Sherry Hatton, and I'm excited to be with you today. Are you ready? Well, let's go. Our story begins a very long time ago. On April 15th, 1452, a little town near Florence, Italy, a baby boy was born to a wealthy lawyer named Piero and a young peasant girl named Caterina. Piera and Caterina were not married, so when the boy was very young, he lived with his mother in a small farmhouse. The young boy loved being in nature, drawing and painting, impressing many wealthy locals with his artistic ability and creativity in general. After he turned five, he left his mother's farmhouse, going to live with his father and stepmother, grandparents and uncles. He threw himself into painting in an effort not to miss his mother so much. When he created a round wooden shield with snakes spitting fire on it, his father took it to Florence and sold it to an art dealer there. Florence in the 1460s was the place to be. Everywhere you looked, there was beautiful art. The big cathedral had a new dome, and another local church had gold doors. So when the boy turned 14, his father took him to Florence to become an apprentice for another local painter, Verrocchio. Verrocchio had a large workshop and was one of the busiest artists in the city. Back then, if an artist was talented, though, they would find a rich patron who would buy a lot of their paintings. At that time, the Medici family was the richest family in Florence, having built themselves the most splendid palace in Florence, and they loved to buy artwork, like paintings and sculptures and other beautiful things. Verrocchio was fortunate enough that the Medici family was one of his patrons, and in addition to the artwork he created for them, he also designed costumes and decorative armor for the festivals and tournaments that they held. The young teenager spent most of his time apprenticing Verrocchio, learning how to be an artist. Not only did he learn to draw, paint, and sculpt, the things we think about when we imagine what artists do, he also learned other useful skills like chemistry, metalworking, leatherworking, mechanics, and carpentry. These skills would change the way the teenager thought about the entire world. Soon the teenager became a strong, handsome man. People used words like generous, graceful, and noble to describe him. As a matter of fact, they say he was so strong he could bend horseshoes with his bare hands. But he was also a gentle person, someone that everyone who met him wanted to be friends with. He also loved animals so much that he was a vegetarian, which was unheard of back then. He loved animals so much he would also go buy them at a local market and set them free. The young man soon qualified as a master in an organization comprised of artists and doctors of medicine called the Guild of St. Luke. His father also set him up with his own workshop, but many days he would still head over to Verrocchio's workshop and work there instead. 
In Milan, a new ruler named Duke Ludovico il Moro was making other rulers very nervous, so the Medici family asked the young man to act as an ambassador to the Duke of Milan. The young man wrote a letter telling him of all the clever things he knew and could make, like war machines. As an addendum, he mentioned he could also paint. Well, it worked. The Duke of Milan kept the young man in his service for close to 15 years, where he designed festivals and carnival parades. Much like the young man had been to Verrocchio, he now had his own students. One of the students was a young, angelic-looking boy with blonde curls. His name was Gian, and he was the model for many of the young man's pieces of art. Gian was a handful, lying regularly and even stealing on occasion. But Gian and the young man forged a solid friendship, and Gian stayed in the household for over 30 years as a pupil and a servant. When the Duke of Milan was overthrown in 1499, the man left Milan with Gian and another friend and went to Venice. The man put down his paintbrushes for a while, working as a military architect and engineer. He tried to think of ways to defend the city from naval attack, since Venice is built across so many islands. Over the next few years, the man and his household traveled around to different parts of Italy, from Florence to Milan, to Venice, to Rome. During his time in Rome, he worked along two other greats, Michelangelo and Raphael. Many assumed they were friends, but they were not friendly towards each other. The man did most of his well-known work during this time period. In 1515, the King of France captured Milan. Pope Leo X met with the king and invited the man along. He decided to make an elaborate toy to entertain the king and spent a lot of time creating a life-sized mechanical lion that could even walk. On his chest, there were doors that opened and bouquets of lilies came out. The man knew that lilies were the royal symbol of the French kings. The very next year, the king invited the man to return to France with him. He gave the man a house near the king's palace, where the man spent the last three years of his life. They became very close friends, and some say that the king held the man in his arms as he died. The man was buried in the chapel of the Chateau Ambois. Our modern world has much to be grateful for in this Renaissance man. Thanks to his time as an apprentice, he studied the world around him to try and understand how things were made and how they worked. He didn't care that he had never gone to a university. He could not stop looking, thinking, and inquiring about the world around him, and nothing was off limits. He studied things like geology, botany, geometry, the anatomy of human body and of animals, expressions of human faces, perspective, and how to make things look near or far, the flight of birds, light, shadows, mirrors and lenses. He studied things and then he applied it, filling thousands of pages in a series of notebooks that cover many different subjects from painting to architecture, machinery to the structure of the human body, and even flight. Some people thought his ideas and designs were crazy, but he didn't care. Have you guessed who this person is yet? He did so much more than paint the Last Supper or the Mona Lisa. Oh, did that give it away?
it's Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo discovered so much about the world through all of his inquisitivity. If he could do all of that before light bulbs were even invented, what do you think you can do? This has been a production by the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. Teachers, for additional lessons and downloads that correspond to this lesson, please check out more information at artsintegration.com forward slash accelerator. <laughs>